For over 50 years, ACTFL, the National Language Organization, has been providing educators of language opportunities to come together at a convention, resources in order to promote and grow their programs, and professional development in order to be able to grow their own skills. Today's guest is Howie Berman, Executive Director of ACTFL. Howie talks about the impact of language education on the United States and beyond, the role of ACTFL historically, and especially addresses the initiative Language Connects Foundation. The Language Connects Foundation has programs and initiatives that will grow professional development, awards, research, and public education in a powerful new way, engaging organizations and corporations, as well as individuals, to make a secure and stable future possible for the very important language use in the United States and beyond. Enjoy this podcast with Executive Director of ACTFL, Howie Berman. Well, welcome to the podcast today, Howie Berman. How are you doing? I'm great, Nora. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And it's such a pleasure and delight to be able to talk to you about not only ACTFL as a whole, as a concept and its leadership in the language world, but also about your new Language Connects Foundation. So welcome and thank you for what you'll be sharing today. I'd like to start by saying, can you tell us who you are and what you do for ACTFL and perhaps give a snapshot for those in the audience that may not be as aware of ACTFL as they will be by the end of this conversation about what ACTFL is and does overall? Sure, sure, happy to. Um, so, you know, most people who know ACTFL, they know that we're an organization that um, we're really defined by our mission. We provide vision, leadership, and support for quality teaching and learning of languages. So what that means is we're focused not only on the teaching of languages, but also on the learning, right? We wanna make sure that we're focused on both, both sides of that process. Um, we are roughly a 12,000 member organization, uh, teachers, administrators, nonprofit government entities who are, are part of that organization, uh, representing uh, all 50 states, the District of Columbia. Uh, we have about 60 to 65 languages that are actually represented in terms of languages taught in the classroom, pre-K all the way through 20, through graduate level. Um, it's a pretty wide array of, of representation um, we also have what uh, may, people may not know is we have a relatively new vision statement, which we came out with um, about a year ago. And the vision statement is really a, you know, when we talk about visions, a vision is, you know, if we were to achieve that mission, right, what would the world look like? Um, and our vision is um, an interconnected world where everyone benefits from and values a multilingual and multicultural education. And so I, I like to tell people about that because it really reinforces that idea that language and culture are inextricably linked. And we want to make sure that people understand that concept as, as uh, language educators. Um, the other thing that I would tell people um, about ACTFL is uh, we've created or, 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 or created, but also the board has actually approved um, values, a value uh, statement for the organization, um, six values that sort of undergird 
everything that we do as an organization. Um, those values are collaboration, uh, inclusivity, innovation, uh, integrity, passion, and quality. And as we talk a little bit about the Language Connects Foundation a little bit later, um, teaser, um, you'll see sort of how those values um, kind of move from both, you know, obviously they're, they're a big part of what we do at ACTFL, but they also uh, are a part of uh, the Language Connects Foundation as well. Of course, people know us for the, the proficiency guidelines. They know us for our work on the standards. Uh, we do a lot of work in terms of um, uh, professional development, career development, career resources. Um, it's really about a community. I mean, I think that's ultimately what it's about. Um, our tagline is language connects. You know, it's about connecting people. It's about making sure that uh, people um, have a place to share uh, and to um, and to learn. You know, well, it's, this is about lifelong learning, and we want to make sure that we're uh, we're providing that environment for our members. That was a beautifully organized and succinct uh, description of the actful way of being and and reason for being. What kinds of directions do you see Actful continuing to grow in as you turn to people whose, I'm speaking here, I think specifically of world language educators, those are engaged in the educational community, uh, that there's so much that's going on in people's lives to be entered into this organization what kinds of invitations does the organization provide for then busy educators, overwhelmed adults that are in the education field? Why actful then in the midst of their lives? So I think it starts with our strategic plan. Um, our strategic plan is really a guidepost for the work that we do. Um, it starts with advocacy and outreach. We really want to make sure, obviously, that we are um, engaging with stakeholders outside of the profession. So, you know, we create an environment where um, our members understand, you know, through our collaboration with organizations like JNCL, for instance, uh, and other coalitions, that we are um, doing that work to ensure that um, that language education is. Uh, being promoted outside of, of our own community. Um, diversity, equity, and inclusion is a huge, huge focus of what we do. We've actually put on a lot of, of new programming focusing on DEI, making sure that we are a leader in DEI, whether it's at our convention, whether it's through webinars throughout the year, whether it's looking at all of our programs and offerings through that DEI lens. I think that's been critically important. Um, professional learning, that's uh, the, the third pillar. Uh, and by the way, these pillars are not in any particular order of importance. We consider them all, uh, all of equal importance. Uh, when we talk about professional learning, we always say that we want to make sure we're offering professional learning opportunities that are accessible uh, and valued, right? So how do we make professional learning accessible and valued? I think we've, we've done a lot of things with um, for example, a new learning management system where we can give people more online opportunities for learning. 
teachers don't have the time always and they don't have the funds to travel to a conference. We love conferences. We are known for our big convention, obviously, but we know sometimes teachers can't uh, make that commitment. So we want to offer other opportunities. Um, research is another uh, part of that strategic plan. We want to make sure that we are offering high quality research, uh, opportunities for high quality research, and not only for folks inside the community, but also outside uh, of the community. So they understand why language is so important. And then of course, um, teacher recruitment and retention. Um, that's the fifth one, although I think right now, a lot of people would say it's probably the most important one because it's such an existential one. And I think we want our members and we want the community at large to understand that we know how important this issue is and we are doing a lot of things um, to address uh, these issues, whether it's from an advocacy standpoint, whether it's from you know, offering programs like mentoring, scholarships, um, you know, we just launched a new teacher recruitment and retention task force to kind of look at these issues. And then, of course, the Language Connects Foundation, which I think is going to, uh, in the long term, play a huge role in addressing uh, pipeline issues. So, yeah, that, I, again, I would say, you know, look at that strategic plan. That's that really sort of guides a lot of our decisions um, and, and is sort of a, a north star for our for the community in terms of demonstrating where our commitments lie. Thank you, Howie. Now, before indeed that we move, you mentioned about the long-term effect and intentions with the Language Connects Foundation, and we sure will be getting there. But here you just talked about a strategic five pillars. Go back a little bit. What is it that has been happening over the years that ACTFL has been in existence that have that you can reflect to those that are listening about the language education scene in the United States and beyond, if you wish to connect it? And what is this strategic design addressing that has come from the past, what direction are we headed toward and from where have we come? Well, look, I can, I can talk specifically since I, since I was talking about teacher recruitment and retention, the teacher shortage issues, um, most recently, you know, I think that's one of the things that, that we could talk about and look at our past. I think people, People assume that the teacher shortage or, or teacher recruitment or retention issues are sort of a new phenomenon, um, and they're not. I mean, these are things that we've been dealing with, unfortunately, in, in cycles. Um, there were, and by the way, when I talk to people about teacher shortages, um, I, I sometimes um, use air quotes. Uh, I know this is a podcast, but we're, I, I use air quotes a lot when I, when I say shortage because um, there's not necessarily a shortage of people who want to be teachers. Um, there's, there, there are people out there who want to be teachers. I think what there's a shortage of is a system that is um, uh, fostering uh, the development of those teachers, right? Um, fostering the mindset that we respect teachers. Um, you know, I think, I think there's a clear distinction that needs to be made. Uh, we have many people in the system who want to teach, but we've not been creating those supports. 
So, and that's, again, that goes to some of the, um, the, the foundation goals. Um, but like I said, it's not necessarily a new phenomenon. We've had teacher shortages uh, after World War II. We've had teacher shortages in the 80s. And we know now that, um, you know, there's, there's shortages in, in at least 44 states in the District of Columbia, probably more. The only reason we can't say it definitively is because not all the states collect great data which is another problem, right? We can't, we don't necessarily have access to good data. And, and when I talk about stuff like this with people, I, I always feel like I'm being um, the, the, the downer in the group because I, unfortunately, I look at a lot of these trends and see that there is not, there is, there is information that leads us to need, we need to be concerned is what I'm saying. We, we you know, we've seen a, a huge drop, you know, data from um, uh, um, the, the teacher ed folks that show a huge drop in, in language degrees that have been deferred, you know, in the last decade. Um, we've seen trends where um, we talk about diversifying the teacher pipeline, which I think has been a huge um, goal, uh, at least in the last uh, several years. Um, when we look at data from um, from AACTE, for instance, um, education is one of the least diverse um, degree degree areas. In fact, the one degree that's the only real the only degree that's less diverse statistically when we look at degrees conferred is agriculture. So, can you imagine? I mean, that that's sort of a gut check for for the profession. Um, and unfortunately, language education, it's even, it's even less diverse on average than education as a whole. So, that, so th those are sort of sobering numbers. And I'll give you one more, not to be, again, because I want to uplift us, but I still think it's important to set, set the stage a little bit. Uh, PDK International is, a, um, is a, uh, an honor, education honor society, the largest education honor society. And they've been doing a survey with Gallup for many years, since I think the 1960s. And one of the questions they ask on that survey is whether or not you would want your child to be a public school teacher. And they've been tracking this information, like I said, for decades. And for decades, that line of people who wanted their kids to be a school teacher was always above the line of people who said they didn't want their kids to be a school teacher until about 2018. And suddenly those lines intersected. And now those lines continue to become divergent, where the, the number of people who say they wouldn't want their kids to be a, a school teacher is getting greater. Mm. So have I have I sufficiently bummed you out? Uh, yes, I, I declare myself <laughs> officially bummed out and and ready, if you are, to say, and so with the clarity of your thinking and this organizational skill set, you've turned to this initiative, the Language Connects Foundation. Can we go there? <laughs> Please. Let, let's let's go there because I like I said, I think I've I've probably sufficiently depressed all of the listeners and hopefully they haven't turned the podcast off at this point. So Look, as I as I've as as I've sort of demonstrated, I think I think the profession is at a critical crossroads. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that we have 
going for us and that we've demonstrated, and I think we need to continue to demonstrate, is that there is a growing demand for multilingual employees um, around the country. Um, we did this, this wonderful study back in 2019 through the Lead with Languages campaign uh, of about 11 or 1200 businesses, small, medium, large, uh, across multiple sectors, tech, um, healthcare, hospitality, um, so on. And what we found is that um, many of them, most of them uh, reported a growing need for more multilingual employees to do um, the work that they do. And in fact, Nora, you know, what it did also is it sort of, um, it, it challenged a lot of the stereotypes that I think the public has about language learning, which I think makes it a really helpful advocacy tool in itself. Because the vast majority, in fact, not more than 90% of them said they were using those skills domestically. Okay, so I think what we we sometimes think, at least in the pu the public, that you know you study a language and you're going to use it. You know, if you work in a the Madrid office of a company or if you're going to work in the Shanghai office of a company, but in fact we've become so much more of a diverse uh, country here in the U.S. linguistically and culturally culturally that those skills are necessary here. So we don't we don't need to this whole concept of, well, you just use it if you go work abroad, that that argument is no longer um, the argument. Uh, it's clear that these these languages are needed domestically because of, of what we're doing. And and many of these businesses, in fact, uh, about 25% of them said they've lost business or they've been unable to go after business because they didn't have the staff to um, you know, they didn't have the staff who had the skills. So, I mean, that should be a clear call to action for many of these businesses. And like I said, you know, we've got states that are having difficulty recruiting and retaining teachers. Um, unfortunately, we have teachers who feel unsupported. Um, they are leaving the profession or they're not going into the profession. We have access issues too, right? Um, we have, uh, there's obstacles to getting into, into teaching. Um, there, there's issues of cost and issues of equity. Um, and of course, um, just this concept of language being prioritized uh, against subject areas like STEM. So ACTFL has been doing a lot of work for, you know, 50 plus years um, to you know, serve the needs of language educators. And I think they've done a lot of great work. I mean, we've, we have a lot of wonderful programs, but it's about scaling many of those programs so that we can have a bigger impact and then creating new programs so that we can, again, um, ensure that the future of the profession is in good hands. So, so what we've done to sort of follow up on Lead with Languages. And Lead with Languages was, for, for those of you who may not know, was a public awareness campaign that was launched in 2017. Um, it was really intended uh, for parents and students and, and, and decision makers to kind of educate them about the importance of language learning. But it was a campaign. It, wasn't a, it was never intended to have this long, 
enduring life that it has. It's now going on seven, you know, six years, seven years. And we felt like we needed to do something that was more permanent, um, that was more of a long-term commitment to the profession. And so this is how Language Connects Foundation was born. Um, it was, you know, it's a separate, it's a standalone 501c3 uh, entity um, that uh, is really tasked with raising funds primarily from corporations and, and other foundations to, to advance and deepen the work of ACTFL. And it, the mission is, is two-pronged. It's, it's to elevate the language education profession. So we talk about elevating the profession, you know, really putting a spotlight on the profession. And profession is a key word there, Nora, because we want to make sure that we are you know, teaching is not a job, it is a profession. We want it to be seen on the level of, you know, doctors, lawyers, nurses. In order to be great, you have to be um, going through a process where, you know, it's, it's, we talk about the lifelong learning process, right? You need, you need to be afforded the opportunity for continuous professional development that takes time, that takes money, and that means giving the profession the respect that it's due. Um, and then the other part of that mission is to promote the transformative power of language learning. So again, it's sort of lead with languages 2.0, but doing the, the public outreach, um, it's, it's not advocacy from the standpoint of like what JNCL does, this is not you know, I want to be clear. This is not um, this is not a, a an advocacy entity. It's it's a public education entity, but not it's not going to be going up on the hill and, and doing that sort of work. But it's really about you know building those relationships, especially with businesses and other partners. Um, the foundation has four priority areas. Uh, we could have had we could have had fifty priority areas, but we figured. Let's stick with four, let's start small. Um, and those priority or areas are professional development is the first one. We wanna make sure that we're supporting educators uh, and their growth by you know, expanding their access to things like mentoring and continuing education. So the hope is we can raise money. There can be a pool of money that they can apply to go to a conference or take a course or participate in, in some kind of program that furthers their professional development. Um, the second is awards and scholarships. ACTFL is known for having a, a pretty um, robust awards, professional awards program, but there are opportunities for growth there, okay? And so we want to make sure that we are um, offering uh, awards opportunities, you know, filling in gaps that exist in our awards programs. We're recognizing the incredible accomplishments of, of educators and students, but specifically we want to be make, we want to make sure that we're recognizing the accomplishments of those educators and students from traditionally underrepresented and underserved communities. Cause I think that's one of the big areas of, of focus for, for the foundation. You know, it's about diversifying that pipeline. Um, and then research and grants, that's third. Um, again, supporting and, and, and sharing and disseminating, you know, cutting edge uh, research. Um, and I think 
the foundation, the plan is to both put out research, but also to potentially allow people to apply for research grants to do their own research. So the, hope, so the hopes is we could actually fund uh, research uh, in the profession, which to me is a, an exciting opportunity. Um, and then four is public education. Um, and that's again, kind of, you know, like I said, the, the 2.0 of lead with languages. We wanna really make sure that those folks outside of the profession understand why language education is so important. So we wanna continue that. What does it look like a country that has heard from, understood, and begun to become involved in these four initiatives, professional development, awards and scholarships, research and grants, public education. What does that look like that's different from right now, and what impact would that have? Well, look, I think it's a, it's a partnership. Um, I think it's a, it is corporations, foundations, you know, even individuals who are outside of the profession, but who have, who understand that language is so important for their kids, for their, for their futures, for the, for the world at large. Um, it's, it's them standing up and saying, we recognize how important uh, language is to, uh, to this, to our community, you know, to the, to the global community. Um, I've been really heartened by a lot of the conversations that we've had by corporate partners to date. Um, and in fact, I'm, I'm excited that uh, VISTA is actually going to be partnering with us on a, a microgrant program for language teachers that'll be coming out uh, in the next few months. Um, language, language teachers or teachers in general, you know, they spend hundreds of dollars every year uh, of, out of their own pocket to fund um, uh, uh, supplies in their classroom and other, other things for projects. And so we're really excited that, that VISTA um, uh, has, has uh, decided to, to, to partner with the foundation. Um, I know that there are other corporations out there, foundations that, um, that are, are looking to do the same. Um, and, and, you know, they can always go to the website, languageconnectsfoundation.org and learn all about the different opportunities if they're interested. But, but yeah, I mean, I, look, I think it's, um, we see a lot of this with STEM, right? You know, there's, there's this, there's this sort of very seamless partnership with the tech companies and the, and the STEM community. We, there shouldn't be this competition, right? It should be, it should be engineering and language. It should be technology and language. It should be science and language. We, you know, um, all of these different fields, whether it's tech, whether it's healthcare, whether it's hospitality, marketing, language is critical for their work. They can't, they will not be able to continue to, 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 deliver the services, the products and services that they do at a high level if they don't um, recognize how important the role that language teachers now are playing. Um, and it's, and it's, you know, this is not a, you know, future 15, 20, 25 year down the road issue. This is a now issue. This is a now issue. 
Howie, historically speaking, uh, this is a bit of a simplification, but it seems that it's uh, certainly true in its impact. Historically speaking, in this country, languages have been considered one discipline among many and one that can be cast aside when other things that seem more immediately practical come up. We have also then, historically speaking, two kind of streams of learning. One for students who are beginning a second language inside the school system, and another for those who are uh, speakers of or learners of English for this country, but have their own heritage languages available to them at some level or another. Help the listeners from the point of view of your work, ACTFUL's focus, to address what psychological changes, potentially, if I may put it that way, are needed inside the United States in order to move us from this historical approach to how languages are thought of to what is necessary in order to address those needs that you spoke of even at the very beginning of the podcast? Sure. Well, look, I mean, as language people, we, we understand the, the critical importance of the words that we use and the terms that we use. You know, think about terms like limited English proficiency when we, when we reference our English learners or our multilingual learners and the, the sort of the deficit concept versus the, you know, language asset concept of, of, of referring to our, uh, our, our English learners, our multilingual learners as, you know, as bringing something rich to the table rather than lacking something, right? I think, I think psychologically, and in fact, some, you know, a program like the Seal of Biliteracy, for instance, has, I think, helped in this way. It's about ensuring that, that, that we are valuing language regardless of where it comes from, where it, you know, where it started, where, where, you know, the seal of biliteracy, it's not about necessarily whether it was gained in the physical classroom. You know, we, we honor our heritage learners, those, um, uh, those students who uh, have uh, language skills beyond the classroom. And I think it's, a, it's about making sure that uh, there isn't this sort of class system of when and where the language was obtained. That, that takes, that's not an easy, I don't, I don't have necessarily the, the solution, but I, but that's the, that's the, that's the challenge. That's, that's the, um, that's what needs to be dealt with. And I think, you know, from ACTFL's standpoint, what I've seen um, over the years is, which I think is a great trend, is we've done more work with the dual language community. We've done more work with the bi with the bilingual ed community. We've done more work with the English learner, multilingual learner community. Whereas I think in the past, there's been some bifurcation along those lines. You know, a lot of separate lines of work. And I understand why, but I think the profession benefits when all of those, um, all of those groups work together, because I think it allows us to create a stronger message about the importance of language learning and language acquisition and 
being proud of language and culture and how language can, um, can transform lives. Turn to those that are learning language for a moment to as young a person as you can put into your vision here. Okay. Any age you wish, but address the learner for a moment. Why, how should they engage in taking a language? How does that, I'm going ahead add this word here, enhance who they are rather than divide or weaken their identity? If I can put a very provocative question together like that. Why should they want to learn a new language? Sure. Well, you know, I can give the sort of very research-based answer, right? But I'm not much of a, I'm not, I'm not the researcher. Um, But look, language uh, gives people a better sense of empathy for one. They can empathize with other people because they learn about, um, they can, they can put themselves in the position of others. Um, they, th- and this is where, you know, I go back to the, the vision of Actful when we talk about multilingual and multicultural education, valuing both. Um, that language and culture are, are inextricably linked. Um, being able to appreciate another culture allows you to see something that is not yourself and appreciate it, right? And I just think we as a country need a little more humility, right? A little more self-reflection, trying to put ourselves into the position of someone else in their shoes. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's sort of the, the cultural competence, cultural angle. Um, I can tell you that from a statistical standpoint, if you have language skills, if you're, if I could tell a, a kindergartner today, if you start learning language, chances are you're going to be able to find a job that's going to pay more if you have, um, if you have a, a high level of proficiency in the language. There's more and more jobs that are requiring language skills and those jobs pay more money. So that's a, that's a you know, if, if the empathy and cultural competence angle doesn't work for you, and I know for maybe some it doesn't, although I sure hope it does, um, you'll probably be able to get a job that pays more. So if you're, if you're more the, the long-term financial planner type, Maybe that argument works too. We'll take both. We'll take both. Sure. Now, place, please, in front of your vision, administrators who are busy in school systems. And here, here is what kind of a role does ACTFL play with helping administrators to understand uh, why language potentially should be prioritized differently, more in their school or school districts? Look, I think we have to play a huge role. I think we have to play a bigger role, frankly. Um, I I can't tell you how many times I get requests from teachers um, uh, who are who ask me to write a letter in support of a program 
uh, or a parent asking me to write a letter in support of a program. Um, we have to, I think, do a better job of making the case for why language is so important. Now, I, I will say one of the challenges, I know, especially at middle, the middle school level in particular, because I'm dealing with it myself with my own, with my own child, is the scheduling conflicts. We make, we make it so difficult for some kids to even take language because of the way the schedules are set up. You know? So I, I think that's one way we can work with, um, we can work with administrators. Um, but I think it's important for, when we talk about advocacy, we always say, don't wait till your program is in trouble to advocate. Make sure you're advocating when your program is doing really well. Mm-hmm. Invite those administrators into your classroom. Let them see the great things that you're doing in your classroom. You need you need them to be um, uh, on your side, so to speak. You know, so they so they understand. I think for for many administrators, they they don't necess- they may not know what's going on in the classroom. And just like you know, the people that I sometimes talk to um, on an airplane or in passing, and when they find out what I do, and they tell me. Uh, they tell me about um, about their own language experience, however many years ago. I think sometimes some administrators, they may not necessarily be aware of everything that's going on in the classroom today versus maybe what was going on in the classroom years ago. And so I think it's our responsibility to, to educate them because that's the only way they're going to know. Howie, your clarity, passion, and focus comes through in everything that you say and in the way that, again, on the ACTful website and specifically the languageconnectsfoundation.org website, the clarity comes through there. How, how did you, what's your personal story with regard to getting engaged in this enterprise and uh, the joy that you clearly have in this new foundation? Um. Well, it's funny. I've always been an association person. Uh, I'm not, uh, you know, a nonprofit association person. I'm not a teacher. Uh, and some, a lot of people ask me, they assume that I, I was a teacher. I, I will admit I was never a language teacher. I was never a teacher. In fact, um, I have a, a bachelor's in political science and in, in Spanish. Um, I have a master's degree in Middle Eastern studies. I studied Arabic and Turkish in grad school. I'm a language lover, um, but I'm not a language teacher. And I was working at uh, a couple other nonprofit associations, not necessarily using my language, unfortunately. And I came across, actually, Actful found me. Um, and, and it was a perfect match of my nonprofit association background and my love of languages. And it's been 13 years of, of bliss, of, you know, excitement. And, and, and the Language Connects Foundation was something that I've really been talking about. I mean, Marty and I talked about that before she left back in 20, end of 20, I guess, 18. It, it's amazing to think it's almost five years ago already. And, and the hope was that we would actually get that off the ground earlier, but then the pandemic happened. And of course, everything was up in the air. But we realized, I think, with the pandemic, that it was even more important. You know, the pandemic had really exacerbated a lot of the issues. They didn't create them, but they exacerbated a lot of the issues that we already knew existed. And it, I think 
once we realized that um, Actful was was strong and we were gonna we were gonna get through this even stronger, um, we had to kind of put our our foot on the accelerator with in terms of the uh, the, the foundation. So, you know, it's launched. We've got a lot of work to do. Obviously, I have we have big aspirations for it. It's going to take some time, but I'm excited. I think it's, I think, you know, again, it's our, this is our commitment to the profession. This is our way of saying we are behind you, not just the teachers and educators today, but the ones that will come in the next generation. Um, we believe in what uh, language educators do. It's critically important for all of us. Um, and we're not going anywhere. And, and, and that's my commitment. Um, that's Actful's commitment, and um, and I just love I love the work. Thank you. Any last invitation, exhortation, reminder for the listening audience today? Yeah, well, of course, you know, check out the website languageconnects.org foundation uh, languageconnectsfoundation.org. Excuse me, goodness. Um, you know, there's a lot of resources there as well. There's there's blogs, there's there's professional uh, profiles, um, a lot of really great content that I would suggest uh, people check out. Um, I would also be in a lot of trouble if I did not mention the fact that our convention will be in Chicago this year, uh, November 17th to 19th. So um, go to our website, actful.org, uh, registration and housing. Um, should be open shortly, and um, and just thanks for for allowing me to this time and space, and and um, and uh, we're just so proud to to be able to support this. Howie Berman, thank you so much for sharing your passion and your work within and for Actful on behalf of language educators and students, nation and worldwide appreciated very, very much. Thanks, Nora. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. As an educator, you have the power to reimagine and reshape education and thus the world. Vista Higher Learning is committed to giving you the best programs, resources, information, and support to ensure that your students succeed in school and in life. We are committed to being your partner in education. Bring VISTA along for your education journey. For more information about VISTA solutions for your K-12 classroom, visit vistahigherlearning.com.